now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. I call you a legend. Does that bother you? No. Because I mean, that, there aren't enough words to describe you. This is the number one record. first hear of Aretha as a performer, singer? Oh, when she was probably about four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, she was playing the piano and singing just like she's doing now, you know. Right. Yeah, she's been that way all of her life. She's fantastic, there's no question about that. It was in what area of Detroit? The North End. The North End, yeah. yeah. If we don't say, you know, this goes to the North End of Detroit, we better say it. <laughs> what you're saying. You better think about the consequences of your actions. Oh, shut up, woman. You better think, think, think Centuries from now, they'll still be listening to and studying her records, her voice. I had some big ideas so much of my life. So for you, what, what has that? it been? What has it been? The greatest lessons? Hmm. Just relax and go with the flow. Go it with gets the flow. better. We weren't overnight stars. It was gradual. And for me, I just try to keep my head out of the clouds, keep my feet on the ground. Looking out on a morning rain, I used to feel So I wanted to start this episode off with um, with the tribute to Aretha Franklin. And as many of you know, we lost the Queen of Soul this past week. One of the most identifiable voices in history, um, a powerful singer who's just touched many people over the course of decades with her voice and her music and just everything she she was able to do. Um, so we're going to we're going to start this off with a moment of silence for Aretha Franklin. And then after that, we're going to try to pick back up the energy. We're going to try to get back into the show. But let's let's go ahead and have a moment of silence. All right. We're going to get into some music. We're going to try to try to bring back up the energy, try to liven this up because we're going to celebrate a, a life and not mourn a death over the course of this episode. Um, so with the music should start right about now. And then on the other side of this, we are going to get into the Awakened Soul properly. Mm-hmm. 
Episode 63 of The Awakened Soul. How did you guys feel about that special episode? Number five, The Takeover, hosted by Shanice, featuring AJ and Cliche. Um, I feel like it was an amazing show. Like, I, I, it's always great to me. Um, so there have been now three people who've hosted episodes of The Awakened Soul. That is The Andrew Bello, Kylie and Y Song, and now Shanice. And all three times, it's been an amazing experience just to be able to sit back and kind of listen to my podcast and not really not really have anything to do with it. Now, um, when Bello has taken over and Colin's taken over, they've edited it. So it's like I've been completely out of the process. I did edit um, and produce the the special episode, the, the takeover, but um, still like listening back to it. And just getting in, taking in to be a listener completely at that that point in time. And also to see Shanice just do her thing um, hosting. Um, I couldn't have thought of a better panel to discuss it. Um, I know there's there's been conversations um, about the content in it. All have been great. It's just, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been wonderful. Shanice coming on The Awakened Soul and really kind of. I guess doing a little something different than she does on her podcast. I'm just saying, um, because I, and for anyone who doesn't know, like uh, her unpopular opinion segments, I, I, for the most part, I have like nothing to do with at all. Um, besides like adding it in and, and doing some music stuff that she just, she tells me to do is completely her own thing. Um, sometimes she'll come to me for, I, for not really ideas, but she's like, uh, yeah, what do you think about this? But uh, I try not even then to say much because I just I just want her to do her. And she's great at doing what she does. Um, So, yeah, definitely check out that special if you haven't already. I wanted to mention it at the top of the show. Um, But, yeah, this show, this episode, we have Alternative Facts Chicago's in the building, uh, which is going to be the discussion this week. We go over a few topics and also have in the mind of Hayes, as always, the stupid idiot, the petty news with uh, Scoop Grady. It's, it, we, we just we produce a very good show. here. I'm, I'm so happy with where the awakened soul is um, right now. Like, it's just a couple of months ago, I was honest. I think I was talking to Shanice and I was like, I feel like something's missing from the awakened soul. And that was before we added her and, and Scoop Grady in. Um and yeah, it's just not, and it, I don't know, just overall, I just, I just love the direction that this show is going. Um, I love the improvement. We have a big announcement coming, uh, for this podcast and the breaks radio, uh, coming up very soon. I think I'll wait till next week to announce it. And no, I'm sorry. Don't mean to tease you guys too. Well, no, no, I, I do mean to tease you. I do mean to tease you, but that's enough, uh, of, of, prefacing let's get into the actual show we're going to get into our wonderful intro music uh produced by dan on drugs himself and on the other side of that it's time to go into my dark dark crazy and twisted mind like we do each and every week i pray for you people see you there the awakened soul podcast
All right, so we've stepped into the dark and twisted, crazy mind of CEO Hayes. Hey, that's me. But um, <laughs> so the first thing that's on my mind, coming off the separation anxiety episode, it was episode 62. Um, and I, I was thinking of a specific interaction, a conversation that spurned from that. And that was with Avery um, and how when she was listening initially, um, I think I she she I, I don't want to misquote, but uh, she had tweeted out that uh, and she didn't even tag me or the podcast at first that she was listening to a podcast and she knows the that it's from an open brother and she has to go back and listen. And it was actually my comment on I think I had said that I agreed with Kanye specifically on the monolithic way of thinking that some black people expect us to have as a culture. Um, but she heard me say, I agree with Kanye. And I think she attached that initially to the, to the whole conversation, all the clips that I pulled. And it was just that one thing. And every someone who I, and I, and I said it in the response to the tweet, I love it. I love that she holds people accountable. I love that. She's actually one of the most interactive people with podcasts. Like as she's listening on SoundCloud, she leaves comments. Like you, you can see the progression of her thoughts and I love it because it's a great discussion point and topic. Um, what discussion point and place to have is because you can see the progression of her thinking over the course of the episode and her thoughts. And, um, I wanted to, to a give her a shout out here, because like I said, what Avery does in the community and the interaction she has with a lot of different podcasters um, is amazing. And, and I love the fact that we have that to where she 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 listened and was like, OK, let me let me go back and listen. Uh, I think she directly said, let me I was listening to respond instead of listening I I'm, I'm paraphrasing to take it in. And then she went back and listened. She she heard where we got where I got, and that's where the conversation uh, conversation went. That was kind of the jumping off place from it. Um, and it got me to thinking about how, um, like the what we're building here at the Awakening Soul and what um, makes us different. And I would like to think the reason why we've seen the growth that we have, the reason why um, we're on as many platforms and, and everything. And people reach out and people love the awakened soul is because the conversations here, the, com- the, the stuff here, um, it's, it's, I like to say this, like it's a living conversation. Like it never dies. I still have people reaching out to me about things that were said in like episode five and, and, uh, and coming up with updates or things have changed. And I'm like, Hey, have you seen this lately on this? I know you mentioned this like a year ago, but, um, have you seen this? And we have that conversation. Um, it, it's, it's what I wanted to do when I, cr- when I wanted to create a, a podcast, a platform, I didn't want to be like some podcasts that say, Oh, this isn't for the faint of heart. And that's really just their way of, of being closed minded. Like they, they, they close in around their thoughts and anything that's not aligned with their, their already preconceived way of thinking. It's, Oh, well, you're just, you're just not ready for my conversation. Like what we do here is completely different than those podcasts. Um, I, I always say that the conversation that starts here, it is just that it's the start. I present the situation, the facts of the situation, whatever happened, whatever we're talking about, whatever interview, whatever uh, political thing, whatever social activism thing, whatever happened, present that. And then I present my thoughts on it. But that's not where it stops. Like we wouldn't be the platform we are if it just stopped with my thoughts. Like I per- I put it out there as a just a place to provoke that conversation and, and that talk. And like I said, that that's what I wanted to do here. I never want to be like those other shows that it's it's 
their way of thinking and they don't grow with their audience. They don't interact with their audience. Like anything that I've talked about here, I love it. Mercy's another one who will say, hey, this is what I agreed with. This is what I took from this. But hey, did you see this? Um, or were you aware of this? Uh, or what? Let me, what what article did you get this from? Like th- th- those conversations that that are those those are people who want to have a conversation, who want to learn or want to teach and want to to discuss. And I think that as a people, sometimes we have that thing where okay, it's not what we think. Let's attack it. We, it's immediately wrong. We have to shun it out. And we don't do that here. Um, Shanice is the same way. Shanice is. You can she definitely has her opinions and she's strong and opinionated, but she's also open to hearing and to learning if if it's another perspective or if it's something that her herself doesn't didn't know before. Like it's it's open and that and that continues. And that's how not only the show grows, I grow as a person, the listeners grow as people and we grow together. And that's why my interaction level here and my audience, like the people who love the awakened soul, absolutely love the awakened soul. And what's even crazier is the, the ones that hate it, the ones that disagree with my opinion, they still come back and listen every week. So that says something, even if they don't want to admit it. Um, and we all know people disagree with Bello, but people love Bello at the same time. Um, so he's he's going to be back. Or actually, I need to reach out to him. He, he may be on the next episode, but um, that that's just and 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 again, I mean, like I said, I have to give that like Avery's had that on my mind. Um, not because she's like she's like I said before, she's not like that at all. She absolutely will talk things out with you, point things out with you, probably, probably pray for me sometimes. Cause I can get a little crazy. Um, but no, we love every at the awakened soul, but yeah, that, that was just one of the thoughts that came to my head on how we think as a people and how we kind of, like I said, we, we close in around our thoughts and that's not, that's not how we grow. That's not how you can cause anyone to grow. If you are just stuck in one way of thinking or one way of once you're, you have your opinion set on anything, you, you have that, Oh, that's mine. Just take it, take it, take it or leave it. Hit the highway. Um, it, I'm not for the faint of heart. Like people who say that I'm not for the faint of heart as a way to kind of put the exclamation mark on their thoughts are just idiots to me um, personally, because even though like I'll say some something that my I'm very much an opinionated person. Um, I won't say that just because I have my opinion that I can't. I can have, and I've said this before. I I can have a conversation with anyone. I can listen to anyone. There are there are especially there's one specific Potter and Family podcast that I listen to that I fundamentally almost disagree with everything that's said on that podcast or or just their way of thinking because they're ones that will read directly from like the NBC post or or uh, the the press release and you don't really get their thoughts. You just get like it seems like they're they're afraid to really to to say their thoughts one way or another so they just kind of regurgitate what 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 else is out there or they stay in what the the popular public opinion at that time is and then they they actually they actually end up contradicting themselves a lot because their opinion sways with what the pup the the most popular public opinion is but nonetheless I still I still listen to the podcast because as I said before um, by, by listening to opinions that are varying than yours, or even listening to things that you disagree with, it's just another weapon in your tool toolbox. It's another thing that you can say, okay, well now I know how, if someone else thinks like this, I, I, I can, I can speak to it. I can, 
I can combat it. I can I can talk about it. I can I I can learn what I need to learn from it and take away from it. So that way, when I go out and have these same conversations later on, I can already know how, what some people's platform is, where they're coming from. Um, and again, that's just what what the awakened soul is about, man, is is about having open conversation with people. She don't always do, always agree with because in life, we're not always going to agree with everyone. If you think or you only surround yourself with people that agree with you, I feel sorry for you. I really do, um, because I, I would never want to do that. I, I, I love it to for someone to say, well, you know what? I know this is how you feel, but this is why I feel this is this is how I feel on it. It's opposite. But this is also why I feel this way. This is what I'm basing my opinion off of. This is this is the 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 facts of the information that I'm using to inform my opinion. Um, yeah. But, you know, enough of that. You know, that's you guys know I, I can get on tangents all day. But the next uh, thing that's on my mind that, that we're going to talk about in the mind of Hayes before we end this segment is, um, according to a study from Rutgers University, um, they actually found that black cops are just as likely to kill black suspects as white cops. Now, this team at Rutgers University pulled um, data from 2014 and 2015. So this is a relatively small sample size. Um, but of course, what they found is that of the people who were killed um, by police um, in this time frame, uh, the majority of them were armed um, and two thirds of, of them were uh, in possession of a gun at the time. Now, less than one percent were unarmed and that men made up ninety five point five percent of the victims. And what they're saying here is that. Um, because 75% of law enforcement is made up of, of Caucasians or white people, um, that the percentage of people killed by white officers to black officers is always going to be disproportionate, um, which, which kind of makes sense. And what this study is, is more so getting at is that, um, they're, they're, it's not purely, um, race. So they are not arguing that, they're not arguing that black men aren't targeted, but the reason why they're targeted is, I think, the interesting point in the discussion. The discussion point here is that they are saying that it's more of an institutional. So basically, the way that the police police are trained in general is to is to look at black men as being um, as ble- being more of a high risk. Um, and that's what's causing the deadly force to be used on black men more. Um, so while, um, some are saying that it's racially charged in the fact that white police officers feel that they can kill black men and get away with it. What this study is saying is that it's not necessarily that it's more so how the police officers are trained and, and how they are specifically trained to view black men. Um, and you know, it's, like I said, it's it's interesting to get into the data. I'll I'll put a link to the article um in the in the description of this podcast so you guys can look at it yourself and and say how you feel. And they um you know it, it's just interesting and, and it got it got my mind going on. You know that honestly makes sense that you know how, how police overall are trained to view black men as as more of a threat. Um, but to get into the the details and nitty gritty of uh the proportion of of black officers that are also are just as likely to kill black men and why um, it just, 
it, it makes you think. So I'll put the description. Uh, the, the, I'm sorry. I'll put the article in the description. You guys can let me know how you feel about it. As always, like I said earlier, this is a living conversation. So I can't wait to hear you guys. I already, I already know some people who are going to comment right away um, after after hearing this part of the podcast. So I look forward to having those conversations. Uh, so that's it for the Mind of Hayes this week. Just those two topics. We're going to get into the unpopular opinion uh, from my sister Shanice. And I always say my sister Shanice because she is coming hot off the heels of the great special episode that she hosted. Um, we're going to go right into the unpopular opinion. I'll see you guys on the other side of that. Hey, y'all. So this week I wanted to get into a little bit about um, some current events on pop culture. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard, but Sam Smith, um, singer of Stay With Me, a lot of other songs, you know, fat, used to be fat white guy. He shared his thoughts when being recorded by another one of his friends, basically saying, um, I don't like Michael Jackson, but I like this song. And everybody who was around him and everyone on social media has basically been like, uh, whoa, the fuck? How dare you not like Michael Jackson? Like, that's not something you can do. And of course, you know, the powers, I'm sorry, the woke powers that be supposedly feel as if Sam Smith isn't allowed to have that opinion and or share it because Michael Jackson being the king of pop is somebody that you should respect, especially when you do soul for music like Sam Smith does. Now, my opinion on this is that it is okay for Sam Smith not to like whoever he doesn't like. Like, he could like their songs, but he doesn't have to like Michael Jackson. It's not like an end-all, be-all if you don't like Michael Jackson. And because he doesn't like Michael Jackson... That doesn't mean that he should feel as if he's appropriate in culture by singing soulful music. People tend to forget that overseas in the, you know, in the European countries, they actually listen to a lot of soulful music, um, a lot more than you would be surprised to learn. Just, you know, that's why we have people like Adele. That's why we have people like Amy Winehouse. That's why we have people like, um, you know, all the singers that come out that are white and come out with soulful music. It's a very popular genre overseas. Um, so just because he makes that type of music doesn't mean that he has to like the king of pop. That also takes me to um, most recently, as everyone knows, Nicki Minaj has been doing a lot of other shit. But just one thing in particular is pressing radio DJs for not fucking with her music or thinking like her music is not taking the turn it should be taking and her getting mad about it. Like everybody is entitled to their own opinion. I know people have heard that their whole lives, but for some reason they aren't applying it. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. They could be fine with these people as artists and not like their music, or they can not like the people as artists, but like their music. It's okay. Just like with these young rappers who say, you know, they're 17, 18 years old. And you're like, oh, how could you not fuck with Tupac and Biggie? Them niggas weren't around for Tupac and Biggie. What makes you think that they're going to fuck with them? That's like me telling my mom or people in my mom's generation, like, I don't fuck with Lil Richard. Like, how dare you? Like, I don't know that now. Like he wasn't around when I was around. So this is just to say that leave everybody to their opinions. Like I have mine, obviously. You guys have the right to have yours and we shouldn't beat each other up over what we think and feel. Shut the fuck up. 
That was Shanice with her unpopular opinion. Um, leave Sam Smith alone, people. Come on now. Leave Sam. All because he doesn't like Michael. Guess what? There are people that don't like Michael Jackson. Not saying that I agree with those people, but there are people that don't like Michael Jackson. Just just lay off of it. It's not that big of a deal. It's not affecting you. Nonetheless, we're going to get into something even crazier than people hating on sam smith that is we're actually going to get into the stupid idiots of the week so we're going to get into the intro music for that i'll see you guys with the stupid idiots of the week in just a second you are so dumb you are really dumb So this is where we discuss some of the most stupid things from around the world, social media, celebrity activity, whatever you want to call it. We name out the stupid idiots of the week. This week, it was easy. It made itself. I didn't even really have to research for it. I didn't have to look. The first one goes to Fox News, who did an Aretha Franklin tribute. And I'm sure anyone, anyone who saw this knew immediately this was coming this week and in their uh, Aretha Franklin tribute towards the end of it, they use a picture um, of Aretha Franklin, but in the background of that picture, right in the background of that, it's actually Gladys Knight. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's, that's pretty bad. Um, and you know, when you're trying to give a tribute to someone who did mean so much to so many people and you turn around and you use the wrong photo, I'm sorry, Fox news, we really don't all look alike, so we definitely noticed that that wasn't the correct person. You definitely get the stupid idiot of the week. Oh, but this next, this next stupid idiot of the week, um, we're going to the Orlando International Airport where Jeffrey Epstein uh, was charged with battery on a police officer, resisting arrest, and trespassing. So after... Uh, Getting the police called on him for being unruly. Uh, Jeffrey had an interaction with the, with law enforcement in which he was he, he was brought down to the ground, pepper sprayed. Um, and during this attack, he said, Treat me like a black person. and after this, um, he was interviewed as he was leaving lockup uh, the next morning, I believe, and. This is what he had to say about his you're treating me like a fucking black person comment. I was making a point, you know, if you're going to do this to a white doctor who's 59 years old for doing nothing, then why should black people trust you? So I guess we should all be thanking him because apparently even in his um, in his state and in, in being refrained and, and attacked by the police, um, he felt that he was just such a social activist that he wanted to make sure that he made a statement on why black people should not trust the police. What? <laughs> what an idiot. 
So, um, Mr. Upstein, uh, what you can also now add to your list of things uh, that people would do to a 59 year old white doctor. Um, well, you, you're also the stupid idiot of the week. And to both of our just, yeah, our wonderful, wonderful idiots this week. I didn't call you idiots. I called you stupid idiots. All right. So it's time to get into the petty news from Scoop Grady himself. <laughs> I'll see you guys on the other side of this. Hello, thank you for listening. I am Jerry Rubbers with the petty news. What is good in the hood? We got a lot to talk about, so we need to get right into it. Birdman reportedly accused Lil Wayne of trying to take Drake profits away from cash money in new lawsuit. They still are going at it? I thought this all I thought all this nonsense was over. It is said that Birdman is accusing Lil Wayne of being part of a very elaborate plot to take bigger portion of Drake royalties. In the new suit, Birdman is reportedly countersuing a company called Aspired Music Group, coincidentally co-founded by Cortez Bryan, Lil Wayne's longtime manager. Now, I think Birdman should just leave Lil Wayne alone. I mean, he only got like three damn dreads that are good. All his other dreads didn't fell off or didn't turn blonde. It looked like Lil Wayne just smoked him. If you ask me, I think this is a cash money curse. I think this curse is worse than a Madden football game. Every time something goes on in cash money, they either fall apart or they over there trying to sue each other. The only real winner out of this situation is truly Drake. I mean, Nicki Minaj album flopped. Lil Wayne is smoking his dreads, and Birdman is going broke. And he got Tony Braxton, and he still can't breathe again. 2018 is just not the same. 2018 is just not the year for cash money. Next, high school student denied school lunch for being short 15 cent. Now, all the money we give to these jails and all the students in the school, you tell me nobody had 15 damn cent. And to make matters worse, it was a sophomore at University High School in Orange City, Florida. She was denied lunch on her first day of school. How you get denied on the first day back to school? Now, I never had this happen to me in school, but I will tell you this. Them lunch ladies always had the biggest attitudes. Their attitudes was worse than going to the DMV. All I can say is, all I can say for the lady that started school, all I can say to this student, you're starting the year off wrong. Get it together. Next, 112 calls it quits again. When the hell did they even start? I remember they came out with a song in 2017, but that was it. But it was said that all four members reunite briefly to try and kick off a reunion tour, but ultimately just couldn't get on the same page. It looks like Slim and Mike are cool, but they confirm Q and Deron left the group. They worsened in the damn new edition group. Just arguing, frustrations, and just never can get on the same page. But they great. They make great music, though. When I found out what Peaches and Creams really was, mm, 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 mm. Slim and Mike better turn into a KC and JoJo and get that money. Get back on tour. Better do what you gotta do. And last but not least, there's a documentary coming out about Rihanna's life and is reported to drop this year. Now, if they talk about Chris Brown in this documentary, it is going to be a smash hit. It was said the documentary will be done in a month to two months. Now, I hope this documentary is not done by Whitney Williams because she did that Aaliyah movie completely wrong and she should never do another documentary ever again. And that is all that we have for the petty news. Thank you for listening. I am Jerry Rubbers. And most importantly, don't be fooled. Because we got the news. I don't. I. 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 I just don't know what to say anymore. Um, about Scoop 
aka Jerry. I, I just don't know what to say. Um, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. No, that Scoop is hilarious, man. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough about Scoop, but it's time now. It's time to get into the discussion for today. It's time to get into some serious topics. Still some fun. We got alternative facts in the building. That is Behan and B Chan pop up this week. Um, I've, I've been I've been waiting to get them on the podcast for a while. This is um, this is going to be a great, uh, great segment a great discussion uh, we get into uh, quite quite a bit we we talk about social activism and and um how a lot of the public looks uh to celebrities or athletes from that we also talk uh, we get we get a little personal we talk about our children it's just a great and fun segment um so we are going to get into that play a little music before that you guys know how i do on the other side of that it's going to be the one and only CEO, aka King Hayes, sometimes just depending on how I feel during the day, and the wonderful duo, uh, the the number one podcast of Chicago that is Alternative Facts Chicago, uh, is in the building. Uh, I'll see you guys there on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, only took a few months, but we have Alternative Facts Chicago is in the building. What's going on, Brian? How you doing? I'm I'm living, man. I'm living. I'm glad to be here. It's been a long time coming. (laughs) That's what's up. And then we also have the wonderful B-Chan is in the building as well. What's going on? It's me. Nothing. We're kind of scattered throughout the Midwest representing everybody today because B's not in Chicago right now. I just got to Detroit a few hours ago. We're still in the Midwest, though. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Always that, always that Midwest love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, B Chan, I, I hear that you're you're recovering from. Is it uh, like? Did you have like emphysema? Like, what was it? <laughs> crazy it started a couple days ago and I thought it was allergies because people were saying like the allergies were really bad and like a bunch of us were sick so I was like oh it's probably allergies and then yesterday it started with like a fever and a headache and it's like junk in your throat it's it's pretty bad but I was not going to miss this so I said I will pull through fight through the fever and here I am she missed our episode but wouldn't miss this one that's That's some dedication (laughs) that's right. <laughs> well, I you definitely got love for you, CJ. That's right, I do. I definitely, definitely appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> oh man, but we are here to discuss. We're gonna have some fun, but before we get into into the fun and, and discussing a little bit of the heavy topics, I came up with an icebreaker. Um, so I came up with what are some of the songs or just a song that stay on your playlist that would surprise most people? Who wants to take this one away first? Ooh. I got this one, and, and we know we know my favorite rapper, and it actually fits where I'm at in my life right now. You know, I rock with Machine Gun Kelly, very heavy. Right now, his top song is called The Breakup, and it's perfect, because I've got a relationship about four months ago. It's a fire song. It always reminds me of my past and say, F that girl. So it's, it's a dope <laughs> song. So if you've never heard of it, 
MGK the breakup. That's a fire track. That's one that's in my list. And I'm always down for some Big Sean. Always down for some Eminem. Got to keep it in the family from Detroit. But would that really surprise anyone? Be you were supposed to go with a song that would surprise me. Well, I, I I'm I'm just being honest. That's what I listen to. Okay. At least currently. What, okay. what do you got, B? My well, I, I did think. See, I I overthought this because you're just going with what you listen to, and I'm like <laughs> surprise you. I know, but CJ said, "Well, would surprise people," oh. and I'm like. Well, I guess it depends because you never really know what people expect from you. So you don't know what would surprise them or not. Um, I think mine is I'm a big Lenny Kravitz fan. So it ain't over till it's over. It's like <laughs> I go to like old Lenny Kravitz. Nobody cares about it anymore. Nobody wants to listen to it. And it hasn't come off my phone for like 20 years. So that's mine. Okay. Okay. What's you yours? Not impressed? You're not impressed, CJ? I know. You know no, he, he, didn't, he didn't give much at all on that one. <laughs> oh, I, ex- I, expe- I expected something a little bit more crazy, to be be quite honest. But, I mean, Lenny Kravitz, he, he's an okay artist. I, I can give you Lenny Kravitz. Well, and I mean, I'm not Lenny Kravitz like 2000 Lenny Kravitz. This is like old Lenny Kravitz. But if you were expecting something more crazy, then it is something that would surprise you that I said that. So... Okay, I, I I see the way I see see the way you want to go with that. I okay, I, I won't argue that logic. We need your answer. We need your answer. My answer that. would be David Bowie. The Laughing Gnome is on every playlist I make. Period. See, that is a surprise. Interesting. <laughs> that is a surprise. Yeah, that's definitely a surprise. I I I love that song irrationally. I don't know why. Like. You know, it is what it is. Like, judge me if you will, listeners. I don't care. I love David Bowie in general, but The Laughing Gnome is probably one that no one would expect me to listen to. So, yeah. Especially on every playlist you have. It, it doesn't. I can. I can throw. I can make a crunk playlist. I can make a jazz. It doesn't matter. The Laughing Gnome's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a, uh, okay. That's a good. That's a good surprising one. See, I'm a like Simon and Garfunkel's Cecilia. Like that's one of mine that people go, well, that's not, but I like it. So. Hey, it is what it is. I, I, and the thing is like, I, sometimes I throw it on, well, I throw it on stuff because it, it completely changes like the tone of the playlist. So even if I'm like listening to crunk music and David Bowie comes on, like you just, you need to unwind every once in a while, no matter what you're listening to. And David Bowie is that for me. Hey, whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. I'm the type, yeah, I keep to what I like. That's what I was like. I couldn't really think of anything crazy because I really don't have anything crazy in my music. It's people that I like. So it wouldn't be anything surprising. It's predictable. So I, so I fail. I'm a, very, I'm a predictable person sometimes, so I fail. It's okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, hey, you, you have to be predict- predictable every once in a while. Um. Absolutely. <laughs> or all the time if you're behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get let's get into let's transition into uh the topics that we came here to discuss and the first one i guess you would call it a heavy one it's definitely one that makes you think and it is what role if any do celebrities slash athletes have in speaking out against social injustices and politics b you got this one first okay um i think the role is really whatever they want it to be that being celebrities or being athletes, they have a platform and that platform is theirs to use how they see fit. So if it is an athlete who feels called to use that platform to bring attention to these things, then I think that that's fantastic. I don't think it should be forced on them. If they want to be 
the basketball player who just plays basketball and goes home and is private, then God bless them, they can be that. Um, but I think that if they want to use that for something more that they feel called to be, whatever that is, um, then that's good as well. So I think it's important that as we kind of see some of these athletes doing what we might call the right thing to use their platforms in that way. It's also important that we don't put pressure on other people um, to do things that maybe don't speak to them. And so it doesn't make them less of a good person if they're not using their platform for something more than just entertaining or sports, um, but that we kind of leave it up to them to do what they're passionate about. Okay. Okay. What about you, Beyond? I agree with B on that. You know, I love her answer. That was dope. And I think it's important to realize that these professional athletes or people with a lot of money, a lot of times we got to remember that they, they have families to feed. So when you want them to speak out on certain issues, and, and in some cases, speaking out on these issues could affect the amount of money that they can make. So at the end of the day, we can never want to force someone to speak out or support something if it's going to hurt the money that they can make for their family. Like, we all have families. We have bills to pay. I totally get it. And some of these athletes, and they should admit it, they aren't role models. They're athletes or they're actors or whatnot. Like, they're paid to do a certain thing. They're not necessarily paid to be a role model and speak out on, you know, social things or social issues. If they want to do it, like you said, B, absolutely more power to you. But I think the notion sometimes that, you know, say if Michael Jordan doesn't speak up on a certain thing or Antonio Brown of the Steelers if he doesn't speak up on a certain thing. He, they don't have to. Like, their job is to go out, make money, play football, play basketball, whatever it is, and leave it at that and then go home and be with their family. They don't have to. If they want to, totally fine. But I think a lot of times when we see it on social media, you know, people get mad when they don't speak out or support or kneel or not kneel. Like I said, at the end of the day, we got to realize they're in a career. They're here to make money like we do in our careers, and they should leave it at that. And I agree with that. And I, th I think that there's – I don't want to say everyone, but there's like this mindset that people feel like celebrities owe them something. Um, right. And that that's something that I can never get with. I, I applaud anyone who uses their platform to speak out because it, it does take a level of uh, – I, I don't really want to just say courage, but it, it – it, it does take a level of faith to be able to step out and and be willing to be criticized. Uh, it could affect your money. It could expect, uh, affect sponsorships and other things if you say the wrong thing. So for those who come out and really speak their truth and and speak out, you know, I, I think we do need to applaud them. But I at the same time, I don't think we need to criticize always for one for the ones who, you know, don't who just want to do their job and go home to their families. That's fine, because there are a lot of people. Uh, in day to day jobs to do that. So I don't think we should hold them to a higher regard just because they make more money than us. Right. Um, but again, the ones that do decide to speak out, th those are the ones that, that, uh, get a little special acclaim to me, but I, I, I don't hold it against anyone who doesn't. Yeah. And I respect it. But you got to remember, like, say, I forgot the one Denver Broncos player who lost a couple endorsements this past season for, you know, for kneeling. So that's the decision you have to make. Like, are you willing to lose money over these things? And if you're OK with it, then great. You know, obviously, Colin Kaepernick, what he did, great for the cause. Obviously, he lost a lot of money, but he's prepared to do that. And that's awesome. And we respect those people. We applaud them. We can't force, like you said, we can't force everyone to want to stand up for a social issue. And if they're not, come down on them for it. And, and, I, and I'm OK with that. And I think it's important, too, to remember that just because someone's 
athletically gifted or uh, musically gifted or whatever it may be doesn't mean that they're necessarily comfortable, especially athletes, comfortable being in the public eye and speaking on those things, even if they're drawn and called to a cause. So they might contribute financially. I think there's a lot of athletes who contribute to things financially that no one's aware of. Um, They might donate their time in other ways. So just because someone's not comfortable being the face or the voice of something doesn't mean that they're not acting on those things either. Right. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, I wanted to to kind of bring this around. I'm not Chan, I'm not trying to call you to carpet or anything. I, 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 but <laughs> D- Dak Prescott's comments and, and and the um the way that that social media and the community responded to him. How do how do you how do you a feel about his comments and then the reaction to them? Um, first of all, I think that we can all recognize that as a player, specifically a quarterback for Dallas Cowboys, you're going to be under a spotlight that most other athletes aren't going to be under. And so that happens off the bat. I think where Dak probably wishes he could take back some of the things he said was probably his statement about it not being the time and the place for the protest. So I think the fact alone that Dak Prescott said he does not want to kneel for the national anthem, that he's proud to stand for the national anthem, I think is fantastic because that's what's in his heart. And it takes away from the message. If Dak Prescott were to kneel just because he felt like he should, that takes away from the heart and the passion behind the men who are doing it to make a statement. So I don't think these players should feel ultimately almost peer pressured to do something because they feel like if they don't, then they're not supporting their cause. I think that takes away from what the real social justice warriors are doing with that said, I I think where Dak, um, in where I was disappointed in his statement was to, to go as far as to say that that was not the time or the place, because I've long said that, my issue is telling people when and where they can and can't protest. And the point of a protest like that is to make people uncomfortable. And so we get your attention by making you uncomfortable. So saying, yeah, go ahead and protest, but don't do it during my football game where I just want to relax and enjoy a game. That's the point. And that's Uh as entitled as you can get. So I, I think that was the part of the statement that resonated with people. But I also think that there was very little Dak Prescott could have said without somebody jumping all over him because he is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And so I think people look for opportunities to criticize. And so I wish for his sake that he would have just chosen not to make a comment on it um, because I don't think that he necessarily his heart was in the wrong place. Like I said, as someone I'm someone who does support these athletes kneeling in protest, but I don't want people doing it because they feel like if they don't, they'll get criticism for not kneeling. I want them doing it because they truly believe that's the message they want to send because that's when it's most powerful. I couldn't have said that any better myself. I a hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> well, thank you. CJ. That was a great answer. <laughs> that was a great answer. Um, I feel like I'm on family feud. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Um, so I, I was going to ask, um, when we kind of settled down on, on our topics, I was going to ask, um, about kind of the, the fall of Kanye West, so to say, but mm-hmm. after just recently what happened, I, I just, I can't 
Like I, I just I can't even muster up the mental capacity to talk Kanye right now. Um, you know what's funny? Briefly, I was at the uh, Jay Z Beyonce concert in uh, Chicago last weekend. Soldier Field is amazing, but uh, DJ Khaled, you know, he was the opener for it. He played a Kanye West song. He played Good Life. This is before Jay Z even came out. He got booed. They started booing when the song came on in Chicago. That's how crazy how the tides have turned to where even his own city is not rocking with him right now. It, it was pretty crazy to see. Yeah, it's it. It seriously like because I and I think that you know because of how Kanye started and like people loved Kanye like it, it that fall has just hit people so much more. Um, but I let's get off that. Like seriously, let's let's not even let's. Yeah, it, that's a, that's a conversation and a podcast for another day after I have some time. Um, but let's move on to <laughs> LeBron James. So we talked about social activism. In, in sports and celebrities and he was the first one to come to mind is kind of a, to use an example of how he does use this platform to talk out uh, i mean the list of things he's done the uh instagram posts with everyone on the heat i believe he was still with the heat uh during mm-hmm. the trayvon martin situation the i can't breathe shirt um like almost everything the black lives matter movement uh most recently speaking out against donald trump and how he's using sports to divide people i just think that he's really kind of the the I don't want to say poster child, but he's really the most active, especially that we've seen out the NBA. How do you guys feel about LeBron James and his activism and how he uses his platform? Uh, Brian, I'm coming to you first on this one. I think it's amazing that he's using this platform. I wish others would do it, but obviously, like we said before, they absolutely don't have to. And the fact that, you know, he's just even the fact that, you know, he built a school and what he's doing, it's amazing. It's incredible. I just don't get the hate that he still gets on social media. You know, when they talk about him flopping and things like that, who cares? Like LeBron is the man. He's a great person. He's never been a scandal, uh, never had family issues, always just positive things. He moves as great and just everything he does as anyone I've ever seen in sports. And I love what he does. And he always has a positive message and Donald Trump comes after him. And I think from Donald Trump coming after him, I think he's realized he needs to step it up even more. And which, which is what he's doing. I think it was amazing that he went to the Lakers. He did what he did for Cleveland. He got them a championship. Sorry, Cleveland fans, but he made the right move leaving and going to LA because it's only going to bolster his career, his pedestal. And then he just even do more things in LA, even outside of the game of basketball to where, I think he's just an amazing person overall. He's making right move after right move after right move. And and in regards to social activism, he's doing an amazing job. And I won't say he's the only one that's doing it, but I guess in the past, too, we had like Muhammad Ali. You know, he did a lot of things in social activism where I think LeBron is taking a little bit of that and just realizing he has to have a bigger platform in this basketball. And I totally respect what he's doing. And for anyone that's listening to hates on LeBron James, I question you as a person because there's no reason to hate on him for any reason. Let LeBron be great. <laughs> Seriously, why do people hate on? It bothers me when people still hate on LeBron. They're like, what can you really hate on him for? Oh, because he's lost in the finals five times. Whatever. Who cares? I, I mean, don't think anyone is still hating on him. I, I think the people hating on him at this point are the people who might want to argue if he's the greatest basketball player. But I don't think anyone is hating on LeBron as the man anymore. I don't think so. I hope not. But. I don't think that. Yeah, I, I think that to hate on the man of LeBron James is just it's really foolish. Um, And every player has flaws. Every player has detractors. So I don't criticize anyone for not liking the player of LeBron are having problems with this game, but as a man and uh and a leader, like I, I, I can't question him. I don't. I don't see how anybody else would. At this point, you just have to be a hater. Yeah, absolutely. 
and just set an example for future, you know, future athletes coming up. Like this is an example of how you can use your platform to do great things and to over to combat, you know, racism and people like Donald Trump. I think he's making some great moves right now, and I like it. And it's just only going to keep going. I, I bet if LeBron wanted to run for president after basketball, he would probably win. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think, BJ? Well, and I think what's interesting about LeBron, I remember it was shortly after he was he entered the league. I don't remember exactly when it was. Um, there was an article that came out about him meeting with Warren Buffett. He was a young, young man meeting with Warren Buffett about learning ways to strategize what to do financially and, and to do with the money that he was making and things like that. So it was obvious even going back then how much um, more farsighted he was to to say this isn't just about playing a game of basketball this is about what i can do financially so definitely to see him um be so selfless in terms of the financial contributions the contributions of his time using his name things like that you definitely have to respect what he does as a man and he certainly doesn't do it um for the acclaim he certainly doesn't do it for the attention he does it from a good place and and i think that that's amazing um so i do think in today's world in today's day and age he's he's definitely one of the leaders doing that obviously we talked about Colin Kaepernick who was doing much more than just kneeling so all the things that he was doing charity wise behind the scenes uh, very quietly when when he first started kneeling and people would say yeah well what else is he doing well you could go down a laundry list of things that he was doing and ways he was contributing his time and his money so so he definitely was leading that um I think if you you think about LeBron today because we're just in a different age with social media and 24-hour news that you hear so much more and you know so much more about what's going on. Um, I think that if we were in a time back then with Muhammad Ali, um, you know, how he rejected the draft and, and was against the war in Vietnam, more things would have come out if that were a time of current social media and news. Certainly Tommy Smith and John Carlos at the Mexico City Olympics. Um, I don't think you can diminish what they did to basically in front of the world, make a stand for the way that black people and minority people were being treated in America at the time um, was certainly brave. And so I think sometimes there's the impact or the amount of money and time you're spending or just kind of the bravery that it takes to do those things. Um, you know, sometimes it's it may not be they didn't spend as much money or as much time as LeBron James, but they certainly had to be a lot braver to do something like that. So, yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I the criticism of LeBron James, um, I think I can sum it up kind of in all one thing. Like when people found out that he's only contributing 20 percent of the funding to the school and jumped down his neck and then it turned out that that's legitimately the the most you can contribute and keep it and not have it a private school to keep it a public school. It's right. stuff like that, that it's just like, mm-hmm. do you, do you research? Come on now. Like, is that really what we're trying to jump down on somebody's throat for? Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And what's crazy, those people, I think, by the time someone comes back with the proper information to explain why, the people criticizing them have moved on. They don't care. They're not interested in the facts. They're just interested in making the point they want to make, regardless if it's rooted in truth or not. 100% that. You're just dropping gems all (laughs) throughout this episode. But, can, uh, can, can I say one more thing while we're on the subject? Because we talked about this on our show last week. The other thing that makes me crazy with that is the people who are criticizing LeBron James, whether he's donating 20% or 1%. I want to say 
what are you donating? Worry right. about what your cause is. Don't worry about what someone else's cause is. That's all. Yeah. This is the only school I've ever seen that created where you can automatically get a college scholarship for graduating high school. Has that even happened before? I, I think it's the first time. That's ridiculous. It is. That's amazing. Yeah. Salute that man. Absolutely. Like I, the, the my, so I think that LeBron's like, it's, it's two, well, a few things, but it's like one defining moment that I think people really turn and the LeBron hate went to a, a, a high level. And that was the decision. And even mm-hmm. in the decision, I just want to highlight this, even in the decision, he raised like what, what was like $2 million for the boys and girls club doing the decision yeah. the way he did it. And yeah. it's so like, even in, even in what, the most NBA heads and fans and purists hate him for in the decision. He still was his, using his activism throughout that. So it's like, just chill, man. Absolutely. So anything left on this topic before we move on to the next one? I'm good on LeBron. I'm good on LeBron. All right. We'll see how so, they, we'll see how he does in LA this year though. <laughs> absolutely. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. And for the ones who saying that he's not going to, they're not even going to make the playoffs. Just get the hell out of here. Le- we, it's been Bruh. proven. LeBron alone is going to get you to the playoffs. Cleveland was horrible without LeBron and they still made the finals. Yeah. And I will go as, I will go to say that the Lakers roster is better than Cleveland's. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like, be fine. And if Kuzma makes another leap, like the way that he improved over the course of the, his rookie season, like if he makes a leap and mm-hmm. he's playing next to LeBron, like is already going to get him more open shots. Like th- that team, that team is going to be, I'm not saying they're going to win a title or anything, but I, they're going to be more dangerous than I think people are giving him credit. For. Absolutely. Even Brandon Egram's improved. They said he can shoot the lights out now. They got some sleepers over there. They'll be all right. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad like that's one of the mistakes I feel like Cleveland made when LeBron came back is that they traded Wiggins. I think they should have kept Wiggins and let him let him learn from LeBron. They the Lakers haven't made that mistake, like keeping Ingram and LeBron is going to ensure if Ingram keeps improving that as LeBron transitions away, Ingram should be on the rise as well as some of the other guys possibly. And you're you're just you're just making your team better overall that way. Agreed. But uh, the next topic, and I'm I'm glad to have you two on here specifically because I think our two podcasts are ones that um we we talk about everything and we never really shy away from a topic. Um, I think that we're we're and not not to throw shots at any other podcast, but we're two of the of the podcasts who vary the most in just the topics that we're covering. We're not just one specific type of podcast. So I want to. Uh, mm-hmm. pose this question to you guys as podcasters do we have a responsibility to use our growing platforms to speak out about the same issues and uh and activism as well and how do we balance that with also entertaining our audience do you want me to go first you, you do it yeah see what you, got. <laughs> you do it um i don't think we have the responsibility to me it is similar to what I feel about athletes and entertainers. I feel like if it is something that we're passionate about and we feel about that it's important that we do it. But I think that thinking things are important and then kind of bringing them up and talking about them, if we don't have the passion and the heart behind it is disingenuous. And so I think that there are enough people who are passionate about specific issues that we should leave those things to the people who can best represent those. Because certainly at some point, there will be something that speaks to us. And those are the things we should kind of rally behind um, rather than feel like, oh, I bet people are, are worked up about this. So we should probably talk about it and take a stance. I think it's disingenuous. I, I do think it's great that if we do have a platform 
we can use it to bring positivity to certain things. We try to do that with our show, with the city of Chicago, but it's always things that we are kind of passionate ourselves about and things that kind of speak to us. So there's a million causes out there and you can pick any one of them and they're great causes. So, so I definitely think I wouldn't call it a responsibility. I would say that we should just be genuine in who we are and the things that speak to us. And that's what will keep our listeners interested in what we're doing, because it will be obvious that we're genuine about it. Absolutely. Like, I I like the way we we run our show. We kind of keep that aspect about to us. And I think it's very important to not overdo it sometimes or talk about social things, because that can definitely turn your audience off going way to one way or way one way or the other. I think it's very important to keep an even balance. In some cases, we're going to take a pass. And if we don't want to talk about it, I think we're okay just taking that pass. It's not our responsibility to talk about everything and educate people on everything because I'm not perfect. Britt's not perfect. We don't have the answers to everything. I mean, Britt probably thinks she's perfect, but she's not. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm but pretty darn close. You are, you're close, B. But I think it's <laughs> important to just stay true to yourselves what works. Don't try to overdo things just to try to fit what everyone else is talking about or just have an opinion because sometimes the listeners can realize when, like she said, you're being disingenuous and it just doesn't work. And I see other podcasts doing, I'm like, ooh, stop. So just be careful of that. Absolutely. I, I, can, I, I can agree with you guys enough again. Like it, it it's, I, I, I listen to so many podcasts and legitimately everyone in the Potter family, I check out their podcast. I catch up um, I, I won't say that I always stay as current with everyone just because it's so it's so many people, but I always support. But I, I can't say enough of how like some podcasts like do things because they feel that they should do it or feel like, oh, well, mm-hmm. everyone else is talking about it. And you can and you can tell when someone isn't passionate about it. And that's one yeah. of the things that I that I try to do with my show. Like, yeah, I'm all over the place sometimes as, as far as like the topics that I cover. But that's because I I. I follow all my passions and everything that you hear on my shows, some stuff that I, I was already going to be into. I'm just happy to talk about it now in a public forum. And Mm -hmm. that, that realness comes through and that, that's what separates, I think, the podcasts that are around for a little while and Mm -hmm. the ones that truly have a connection with their audience. And I say this all the time and people probably get tired of me saying is that, your, your topics may get people in the door, but it's your connection to you that's going to keep them coming back every week. Boom, and, you, yep. and, you, and you can't do that by being disingenuine at all. Like you have to be genuine every week, especially if you're if you're doing it weekly like it. it you have to mm-hmm. be true. You have to be passionate about what you're talking about and find your passion, find your lane and, and stop trying to cater to every audience. Because guess what? You're never yep. going to cater to every audience. And that's fine. Just like just like. People, some people just, no matter how good of a people they are, like two people, they may not just vibe with each other. And that's mm-hmm. fine. That doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Doesn't mean I'm a bad, bad person. Maybe we just don't connect like that. You, you're not going to connect with everyone, but you have to be true to you. And the ones that do connect with her are going to support you and go for you that much harder. Absolutely. And people got to remember that they're going to listen to your podcast because they like you or your co-host as a person, not necessarily because of the topics that you discuss. That's very, very important. And I come off real. And I think if you nailed it on the head that it has to be. And you listen to other podcasts, it comes off disingenuous. And what B and I do very well is we try to find topics that are relatable to where if you hear the episode four weeks later, even though it's a little outdated, it's still topics that you can relate to. As opposed to it's always hitting on, oh, let's talk about Drake's album. Let's talk about Tiana Taylor's album. Let's talk about LeBron James. You know, I mean, we'll talk about it, 
but it's not like, oh, let's just hit on the hot story every single week. We try to pick topics that are relatable that you can listen a month from now and it'll still relate to current times. I think that's important too. So, um, and I it's, think it's, sometimes, I think sometimes by by finding the things like you're saying, CJ, that you're passionate about, what you can do, you earn trust in people who believe that you're really giving your genuine point of view. So they might listen to you. They might have a different point of view, but because they trust you, because they've listened to you so long, you might open their eyes to something that they maybe didn't see that way before. Or you might kind of think, I know... B and I had talked on our show about the Demi Lovato issue and if Mm -hmm. it was a double standard, the way she was being treated as Mm -hmm. a white female with a drug overdose. And I came with a point of view that B really thought I was going to take a lot of heat for. And B was really surprised with the point of view I came from, but it was from my heart where I felt. And so it would have been a lot easier to say, yeah, I know everybody thinks this way, but but that's not what people want to hear. They really want to hear you. They really want to hear what you're passionate about. And if it's a little out there sometimes, I'll tell you this, the first episode of yours, CJ, that I ever listened to or that I ever took note of, you were talking about Bill Cosby and you were talking about how so many people said, well, you better not get Bill Cosby out of here until you get Harvey Weinstein. And you took a stance that, you didn't agree with that because wrong is wrong and you can't wait for one person to be wronged and wait for the other. And that was the moment that I really started listening to your show because I was like, wow, that's a really different point of view. And I liked it. And so I think it is if you had taken the stance that I'm here and I need to stand up for this platform because this is the group of people I'm representing, you would have been doing your listeners a disservice. Thank you for that. That that means a lot. I I definitely appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is it's difficult sometimes. But uh, like we're saying, you, you have to be true. And I, I call out stuff all the time. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I, I expect to get more blowback from it than what I do. But, you know, I got to I got to be me. And I and that's what I can say about you guys, too. And uh, something I did want to point out, I, I I don't know how you guys do it with no cursing. Cause like sometimes, and I could feel, I could feel Brittany like getting pissed off sometimes. And she, she keeps her calm. Cause I would drop so many F bombs that it would just be out of here. So, uh, but no, thank you for that. Well, I am, I, I, I don't curse around my parents and I am a mom. So I have a lot of practice filtering myself. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I can no. try to, you know, I try to turn it off in work settings too. So, and, and we know like our parents listen to it and sometimes younger people listen. We just try to set a good example. Sometimes it is tough, but we do pretty well with it. <laughs> yeah. My dad. Sometimes listens. I want to though, man. <laughs> my dad listens. To the, the, the only critique he's ever given me about the podcast is like, boy, stop cussing so damn much. I'm like, see, but I get it from you. Like, but, okay. <laughs> that's my dad, man. <laughs> there you go. Any anything left on this topic before we move on? Anything left left to be said? No, nah, I'm good. That's a good topic to have though, or just to to keep the discussion going. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, let us know how you feel about it, listeners of the Awakened Soul. Alternative facts. All you guys, uh, reach back to us. Reach back out to us and let us know how you feel about our thoughts on that subject and how we how we balance our platform and and just keep it as fresh and as genuine and as real as it's always going to be and hopefully can hopefully always continues to be but uh so that i mean that's it as far as the d topics we have one i wanted to end it on uh because i I figured what we were going to talk about was going to get pretty real pretty deep so i wanted to end it on something fun we're all parents here so i asked you guys the favorite music related moment that we've each had with our kids who wants to go first i can go first 
I'll go first. I'll let B sing. Um, (laughs) I got it. I'm good. (laughs) From the time my son was a baby, I would sing to him a Lauryn Hill song to Zion, and I would change Zion to his name. And so from the time he was a baby, that was our song, and I would sing it, and I would change his name, I would change his name. And he's four now, and he still asks for me to put on that song, and he sings it with his name so passionately. (laughs) Um, And it is... It's just my favorite because it's just been kind of, it's a very special song to me. And so it's been since he was little and now that he loves it and, and sings it with me, it's just, it makes my heart happy. And Britt, she's the, she's the crazy mom to where don't, I'm going to tell you this story from yesterday. You know, I think it was like first day back to school or preschool. (laughs) And she put a post, she was saying how. You know, she dropped the son off to preschool, was sitting in her car, just like bawling, crying. And I messaged her like she was saying how your husband said that you've officially lost it. I'm like, yeah, you're going to pick him up in like five hours. And it wasn't even that. She was going to pick him up in like two hours because he got off at noon. And I'm like, what are you sitting there just bawling, crying for when you're picking him up in just a couple hours? It wasn't that I I, I was going to miss him because I was actually happy to have a couple hours to myself. It was like, and I don't know, I bet CJ will understand this. I bet he's more sensitive than you be. It was like I looked at, because this is his second year of preschool. He's four. So he went to preschool last year, preschool this year. He'll go to kindergarten next year. And I was looking at his picture from his first day of preschool last year. And then looking at his first day of preschool this year. And he was so little and now he's so big. And I'm like, I'm not. We're gonna get that time back, and that's, that's it was funny. just moving. I get it. I get it. No, you don't. Typical mom things. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little less sensitive to those things, but it's all good. My song with Jalen, and we always sing this. It's more of a more recent song, but she loves it. It's her favorite song. So whenever we're driving, we're going somewhere. We always play. Do you guys know the song Zed? Zed song "Stay." That's always on the radio. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you know it or not. She loves that song. We have our a little duet. If I remember sometime this weekend, I'm going to sing it with her. We're going to post it. I have my little phone <laughs> up in the background. That actually is a fire song. One of the better EDM songs that I actually like out there. But her song is Zed Stay. So we sing that in the car whenever it comes on the radio. Okay. Okay, I'll mine. You with yours. Mine is, is uh, so, um, and I hate that it's that it's this guy. But uh, so it's an R. Kelly song, When a Woman Knows. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. I know. But once I tell you the moment, you'll understand why. So my daughter... My oldest daughter, uh, she was sitting in the back of the car. She had the, I have a video. So I actually posted like around the time I post this, um, this episode, but she, uh, she was, she had these big like glasses that like covered half her face. I think she was like two or three and she had, she had like the fattest cheeks ever. So literally all you see is glasses, cheeks and lips. And she's back there <laughs> singing this song. And at the end when he's like, winner, what she sings it with such passion. Like we turned down the radio and looked back. Like she was singing her heart out. And it's just, it's one of my favorite moments with one of my kids. Cause she loved that song. So yeah, that, that, that was the first one that came to mind. That's awesome. I love it. All right. Well, that's that's it that we got for today. Um, so this is this is your time for you guys to plug your show. Anyone, I'm sure anyone who listens to me probably listens to you guys as well. But plug nonetheless. Tell them where they can find you. Tell them what's what's on the horizons for Alternative Facts Chicago. This is just your guys' time to plug whatever. Yes, sir. So first, B, what's your uh, what's your social media? My social media, Instagram and Twitter is Starbright three one two. 
Yep, and then my personal Twitter and Instagram is bhun1984. That's B-H-U-N-1984. Uh, you can find us, Alternative Facts Chicago, Instagram and Facebook at Alternative Facts Chicago. Our Twitter is Facts Chicago. Please follow us. Also on iTunes, please subscribe and leave a review if you have not yet. We're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Podbean, wherever we're at, so you can find us too. Email us, alternativefactschicago at gmail.com. And then B, where are we at for Labor Day weekend. Oh my goodness. Anyone who is near Chicago, we will be out at the Great American Lobster Fest at Navy Pier on Saturday of Labor Day weekend. Um, It is being put on by Green Curtain Events and they put on the best shows, the best parties, whatever they're doing is awesome. So B and I will be out there representing Alternative Facts Chicago. If you follow us on social media, we're also going to have a giveaway for two tickets um, to the Lobster Fest. Otherwise, buy your tickets. Come out and see us. It's at Navy Pier, and it's going to be amazing. There you go. And then also, if you're in Chicago that weekend, you won't be there because you never go with me, but I'll be at North Coast Music Festival. Um, I am going to be interviewing one of the Chicago DJs there, too. So I will be there a couple of days that week. So I'll put more information out soon. So we like to be out. I know you hate when I say it's like to be out touching the people, B. But, he's you know, touching we, the people. <laughs> But no, CJ, we thank you for letting us do this. Your podcast is great. You're killing it. You work hard, probably harder than anyone that I know in the podcast game. So I want to say thank you for having us on. Really appreciate you and keep, keep going. Oh man, I appreciate it. You guys, uh, you guys work just as hard. Don't, don't try to hype me up. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it, man. We're going to, we're going to have to link up and do this again. Maybe, maybe even in person. You're, you're only in Chicago. You're only like a five hour drive from me. We're going to have you to do something. You said something about a super, like a super live show or something. A I saw you post. Live show? You saw that? Yes. I, I saw a super live Ooh. show. We have I, so, to do that. Yeah. So like, I, f- I figured honestly, like if, even if we can get, five of the Potter and family podcast all come out and like do something like it, it would be a huge event. And I think that with all our fan bases, our, our listenership, cause I hate saying fan base, all our listenership, right. um, that it would be a dope event and give us all a good time to like mingle face to face. Like, so yeah, we need to make that happen. Let's do it. So for sure. I think <laughs> that'd be a ton of fun. <laughs> all right. That was alternative facts. Chicago's. This has been episode 63 of the awakened soul. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow the podcast at The Awakened Soul Pod or at Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on what platform you're on. But more importantly, you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. The Awakened Soul Pod at gmail.com. We're going to end this episode the same way we started with some Aretha Franklin. I will see you wonderful and beautiful people next week. Peace.
I never left the church. The church goes with me.